They said, take heart, get up, he is calling you. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus cries out desperately, seeking help, seeking mercy. Son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus is desperate, calling fervently. Jesus and his followers are leaving Jericho on their way to Jerusalem. It doesn't say exactly why the followers tried to shush Bartimaeus, but we could guess. Perhaps it was because Jesus literally had places to go, people to see, and things to do. The verse after today's gospel reading begins the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. He's headed to Jerusalem to save the world. There's no time for mercy. Or maybe it's just that those people 2,000 years ago weren't so different from us, and they found it a little embarrassing to be around that much desperation. Shouldn't he be more dignified when he's asking for mercy? Why can't he help himself? This is embarrassing for all of us, maybe. Thanks be to God, Jesus isn't like us, though. He says, call him here. And to their credit, those around him say, take heart, cheer up, or as the King James Bible says, be of good comfort. Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And Bartimaeus gets up and after desperately calling out for mercy, he is able to meet his Savior and his Lord and receive mercy. This all reminded me of a time not too long ago when Sherilyn, my spouse, and I were visiting Paris back when we traveled and went places before the pandemic. And it was even before the fire at Notre Dame Cathedral. We had gone to the cathedral on a Sunday evening to hear an organ recital, and there were hundreds of people there to hear the organ recital, and also the cathedral was, as it always is, overflowing with tourists there for all kinds of reasons. And as we left the cathedral that day, I noticed there was a woman standing by the gates of the great west door of the cathedral were these big iron gates. And with one hand, she was clutching the iron rail, and with the other hand, she was making a fist. And my French is pretty lousy. I used to know a little, but I've forgotten it all. But I knew that she was screaming at God, shaking her fist, looking at an image of Christ in judgment, and screaming at God. And at first I thought, what is wrong with her? Maybe she's 
not well. And, and then I thought about it a little bit longer and realized of all of the people there that day, all of us who sat very reverently and listened to an organ recital, all of the pilgrims in the cathedral, all the people posing with their phones for selfies, all the people making FaceTime calls back home, look where I am. This woman was the one person who had something to say to God. I don't know what she was saying, but she was saying it with anger and perhaps desperation. And I wonder if Bartimaeus was like that that day. People made a little uncomfortable because he had something to say. Have mercy on me. Mercy is one of those Bible words that we hear, and maybe you think about it, but I haven't always thought about it as much as I should have. And in fact, it's really just in the last year and a half or so of the pandemic, for my own devotional well-being, I've been spending more time in the Scriptures, and I've worked on a couple of projects for my work at Forward Movement, some writing work, and I've spent a lot more time than usual with the Scriptures these last 18 months. And one thing that stands out for me is that for all of our sometimes seeming disinterest in mercy, the Scriptures are all about mercy. God's mercy for God's own people, the persistent call to ask God for mercy, and then the call to share God's mercy toward us with those around us, to be people of mercy. We live in a world that doesn't seem very merciful at times. I think a lot of us in our culture, we love a world that's fair. We like to worry about fairness, and we want to make sure that that person gets what they deserve. If that person did something bad, well, then they better get punished for it. And if that person did something good, then they better be rewarded. And for ourselves, did I get what I deserve? Those are questions about justice, which is good. We should be concerned about justice. But the Scriptures also call us to think about grace and mercy. Grace and mercy are an expression of God's love for us and our love back to God and for those around us. Now, I'm told you had a certain preacher here last Sunday who, I suspect, knowing Bishop Curry as I do, preached about love. I think that's a safe prediction, am I right? Grace and mercy are love in God's economy. Grace is showered freely on us and on the whole world. There's nothing that anyone can do no virtue that can get you more grace, and there's no terrible deed that you can do that will earn you less grace. And that's true of every person on this beautiful planet of ours. Everyone's the recipient of boundless grace and mercy. 
Mercy is that word for when someone we think deserves punishment, and instead of getting punishment, they're forgiven or relieved. Mercy is having pity on someone in need and taking care of them without expecting anything in return. It's, it's compassion turned into action. In God's economy, in God's world, grace and mercy are given without limit, without favor, without condition. And so often we fall short of that standard. A few years ago, a group studied impressions of the church. They wanted to know what do young adults think about the church. So they surveyed adults aged 18 to 25, both young adults who go to church and young adults who don't go to church. They just surveyed 18 to 25-year-olds, and one of the questions was, What's one word that you would use to describe the church? Or what's one word you would use to describe Christians or followers of Jesus? The number one answer that those young adults had for describing the church, Protestants, Catholics, conservatives, liberal, the number one word they said was judgmental. because Christians are so often in the public eye for naming people who have fallen short. Those people should get what they deserve. That's not mercy. There is, in my experience, one thing that all Christians have in common. And I can really, I'm sorry to say, only think of this one thing that every Christian in the entire world has in common, liberal Christians, conservative Christians, Episcopalians, Presbyterians, Baptists, Catholics, Orthodox, Methodists, urban Christians and rural Christians, old Christians and young Christians. The one thing that all Christians seem to have in common is that we love to talk about other people's sins. I don't want to talk about my sins, but I'm sure ready to talk about her sins or his sins or their sins. Look at those crazy conservatives and their beliefs. Have you heard the latest? Look at those nutty liberals and what they're saying. Have you seen what they've, what they've said? Look at those people. That's not being a merciful person. I've seen on social media people saying, well, so-and-so said you shouldn't wear a mask and you shouldn't get the vaccine, and now they're in the hospital. That's what they deserve. Or I've seen conservatives say, well, so-and-so criticized the police, and then they were the victim of a crime. Serves them right. Mercy doesn't think that way. Mercy always says, you're in the hospital, I'll pray for you, I'll visit you. You've been the victim of a crime, let me help you heal. It doesn't care if you did anything to deserve it, because you didn't do anything to deserve that. 
Mercy is a gift. And what Bartimaeus was looking for that day was an undeserved gift from his Savior and his Lord. Have mercy on me. I wonder what our church would be like, and I wonder what our world would be like if we who follow Jesus were people of mercy first and everything else after that. The number one word that people said to describe Christians was merciful. What would that be like? My friends, God has been merciful to every single one of us here. And I don't know who's a regular here and who's here for the first time, but I'll tell you this, this community gathers here week in and week out around that table to call into our midst Christ's presence in bread and in wine, to be gathered as the body of Christ, to receive the body of Christ, to receive His mercy. Every week we get this gift. We don't do anything to earn it, but it's awesome. And it nourishes us for the week to come. And it reminds us that God has been merciful to us, and we can be and should be merciful to those around us. What would that be like if we could be bold like Bartimaeus and ask for mercy when we need it? If we could not be like the people who tried to shush him, but like the people who said, take heart, Get up. He is calling. In a little while, as we pray together and the bread and wine become the body and blood of Christ, just before we receive communion, Troy will say the gifts of God for the people of God, which is to put it another way, take heart. Get up. He is calling. What if after this time together, we went out into the world as bearers of grace and mercy, sharing God's love freely and extravagantly? And on social media, we invited people to be merciful, to ask for mercy, to receive mercy. On the street, we were people of mercy. We celebrated mercy. What if we were people who said, take heart, get up, he is calling. My gosh, that would change the world one heart at a time. And so, my friends, as we think about mercy, I have the great gift and the great honor and the deep blessing of saying to you all one more time, not my words, but the words of the gospel. And I want you to hear them fervently as an invitation this very day, this very morning, this very minute. Take heart. Get up. Jesus is calling you. Amen.